I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Katie Pavlich. I'm Steve Ducey. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, July 2nd, 2021. I'm Trey Inkst. The 4th of July weekend could bring new stress and anxiety in the wake of COVID-19. What you could call toxic stress, which is stress that is constant, that's unrelenting, that is with you everywhere you go, which pretty much sums up the last 18 months. And we really don't know what, in fact, is the long-term impact of all of this on physical health. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. While only a fraction of Americans are diagnosed with anxiety or depression, the last year and a half was difficult for many people. The pandemic, a suffering economy, and a range of other issues are making self-care even more important. So what should you be doing to make sure you're feeling happy and healthy this holiday weekend and beyond? Typically, before last the last 18 months, levels of anxiety and depression ranged anywhere from about 12% to 17%. This is Dr. Ken Yeager, the clinical director of the Stress, Trauma, and Resilience Program at The Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. And during the height of the pandemic, the Census Bureau was out doing census, and they collaborated with the National uh, Center for Statistics asking questions about anxiety and depression. And what we found is anxiety and depression were around in the highest states like Mississippi, 43% of the population reported one or the other or both anxiety or depression or both anxiety and depression. So this is this is something that in our society, we've really never seen before. And and in the last year, I don't think it's changed much. I think it stayed around that, uh, you know, a, a 33% up to 43%. When you look at some of the acute conditions people might deal with, especially going into the 4th of July weekend, what stands out for you in terms of what people might have to handle getting on a plane or going to a a family member's house, something they might not have experienced for over a year. Right. So we've all seen this stuff about um, air travel. They are overbooked and understaffed. And, you know, what's been going on, and I don't think people realize it, is sometimes that anxiety or, or depression kind of come out sideways, especially the depression um, in, an, in an older population will manifest as anger. Um, and the person won't say, gee, I'm, I'm, you know, really depressed today or anything. They're, they just say, I'm angry. And um, then on the anxiety side of this is you have a lot of people who are, in fact, visiting families for the first time, and they're really not sure, um, you know, what the social protocol is going to be, who's vaccinated, who's unvaccinated, um, who's pro-vaccination, who's anti-vaccination, and all of these are potential little landmines for people to step on. And what used to be pretty common conversation amongst the group um, so this is only adding to the anxiety. And then you put that to the larger groups. So there will be people going to fireworks and, you know, gathering in larger crowds. And there's certainly some uncertainty around that. How close do you get? How far away should you be? Should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? Um, and, and really, all of us over the last 
you know, 18 months have really received a lot of mixed messages about all of those issues. So it's really hard to know what's the next right step. What tips would you give to people who are concerned about how they'll be able to handle these unique situations and these different environments that they're not used to? Yeah, great question. So one of the first things that you might want to pay attention to are your respirations. Are you getting into a situation where you're, you're, you know, very shallow breathing, but very rapid, more or less like panting? Um, because that's a clear indicator that your anxieties are going up. Um, sometimes you get that, that sinking feeling of, I don't know if I should be doing this. And it's a, it's really important to listen to yourself about where that's coming from and asking yourself, what, what are my concerns about this? And is the risk I'm taking worth the benefit that I will gain from this? A lot of folks have not gone out, so they're really testing waters for the first time. You've been listening to Dr. Ken Yeager, the clinical director of the Stress, Trauma, and Resilience Program at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. We'll be right back. What are some of the negative effects that, that stress during this situation and, and this time period have on the body? I imagine it can be extremely detrimental to one's mental and physical health to be simply alive during this time because it is, as you note, unprecedented. It, it really is. Um, you know, we know that certain things drive uh, physiological function. So Exposure to what you could call toxic stress, which is stress that is constant, that's unrelenting, that is with you everywhere you go, which pretty much sums up the last 18 months. Um, We know that it drives serum cortisol levels, which raises all kinds of issues in individuals uh, from, from diabetes and progression of illnesses to daily feeling of, you know, do I have energy? Do I not have energy? Is it nervous energy? Is it productive energy? Um, And we really don't know what, in fact, is the long-term impact of all of this on physical health. But what we do know in general is that if we cannot and do not manage the stress or depression over a long extended period of time, there will be factors that come up, which is may very well be shortened life expectancy, may very well be um, heightened levels of divorce, may as well be heightened levels of financial distress or the emergences of other physical ailments. So again, these are the things that I think are really important to be looking forward going um, and doing the research to help analyze what we are actually seeing here. My last question has to do with sort of the long-term efforts people can make to prepare themselves for stressful situations or environments they're not used to. When it comes to the both medical and more natural side, you know, a lot of people, if they're going to a a psychiatrist, might be uh, given medication for anxiety or depression. Um, there are also natural ways to try to handle stress. You talk about breathing. Uh, you talk about these other ways that people can really just check in with themselves. From your perspective, what are some of those things that people should keep in mind, whether it's meditation or healthy habits, these types of things? Right. So let's, let's start with the non-clinical uh, side. And you just mentioned 
a couple of really good things. So slowing the breathing is one. Thinking about supportive relationships you have. Who is it that you trust? Who is it that you can always touch base with? And how often are you doing that? And maybe raise those numbers. Eating the healthy diet is really important at this point in the pandemic. Getting lots of good proteins, lots of green veggies, and really staying away from the stress foods that that we tend to eat, which are things like the, the potato chip and Dorito snack habit that you fall into, or the, the chocolate habit that you fall into, or the baked goods or the pies. We really have to think about how are we going to maintain our physical health over this period of time, and how is my eating impacting my stress, my anxiety, my depression. Um, a lot of people, when they are ex- extremely anxious, they eat to deal with that. So that's one thing to be aware of and understand that maybe you can snack seven to eight times throughout the day and not be having full meals, but yet snacking on healthy things, fruits, vegetables, and what have you. Um, While we know that's great advice, we know that only about 1% of the population follows that advice. Another thing to look at would be how have you coped in the past? What has worked for you in the past? Because we all have had stressful times in the past. Connecting with what you've done in the past to make you feel better, that helps reduce your stress, that helps reduce your depression. And actually thinking it out and saying, well, I can call someone, or I could go here, or I could meditate, or I could take a walk, I can bake things. All of these are activities that give you a sense of mastery. It's something that you've set out to do, you've worked your way through it, and now you see an end, an end victory. Um, so you can tie that then with the healthy cooking. Um, I want to do, I want to smoke a salmon. I want to, you know, do something that's a healthy egg dish for breakfast, this kind of fun to eat. So when you start putting those together, you can tie the healthy eating to the mastery. You can tie the exercise and walking to the, you know, not having as much stress and helping your physical health to move forward. And all of those are important. But if you find that you're doing all of those things and it's really not getting you where you want to be, then that's probably the time to think about talking with your family physician um, and seeing if they concur with maybe we should try medication now. But in the long run, there's a lot that people can do to help head off these stressors or depressions on their own and without the help of medication. But in the cases where medication is required, it's very important that you follow the regime that's written for you and you check in with your physician often. Really appreciate your your perspective on this and your tips for our listeners during this very unique time for everyone. Uh, Dr. Ken Yeager, the Clinical Director of the Stress, Trauma, and Resilience Program at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Sir, thank you very much. Thank you so much for the talk. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.